Welcome to the Cuenca Bus Sherpa Podcast, number five. I'm your host, Christopher King, and today we're looking back on the past to appreciate today's changes. Cuenca Bus Sherpa is a community resource for tourists, expats, and the English-speaking immigrants living in Cuenca, Ecuador. We provide news, information, and updates about the local transportation system, including bus routes and Tranvia construction. Check out CuencaBusSherpa.com for maps, route data, and information about the history of Cuenca's bus system. Today, I'm going to be talking about Cuenca's past and reading an article about Cuenca's bus system that appeared in a newsletter called Sustainable Transport, published by the Institute for Transportation and Development Policy back in the fall of 2001. That was when the city took control of the bus system and turned it from an unregulated mess of over 600 privately owned buses to the current system of routes regulated by the city and leased to a half dozen private cooperativas. We also have some news from the week to cover, including the latest updates with the Tranvia schedule, as well as some construction on the west side, a block away from the Ordonez Lasso widening project. Those stories and more coming up on the Cuenca Bus Sherpa podcast. Cuenca Bus Sherpa podcast and CuencaBusSherpa.com is affiliated with and endorses Smart DNS Proxy. Smart DNS Proxy unlocks websites and streaming media from all over the world. For example, Smart DNS Proxy allows you to unblock social media like Twitter and Facebook if your ISP is blocking it. Vivo, the world's leading all-premium music, video, and entertainment platform, enjoy it unrestricted with Smart DNS Proxy. Do you have a PlayStation, but you've been locked out of all the U.S. services? With Smart DNS Proxy, PlayStation applications for video and music services are now available globally. Talk about music and video streaming. Smart DNS Proxy unlocks over 150 different streaming websites from all over planet Earth. We're talking your Netflix, your Hulu, your Spotify, your Pandora. That's just the very top of the list. What about ABC.com? HBOGo.com, PBS.org. Even NFL Game Pass is unlocked when you subscribe to Smart DNS Proxy. It's not just for people outside the U.S. either. People in the U.S. can sign up and stream content from Australia, Great Britain, or even Sweden if they wanted to. If it's streaming from somewhere on Earth, chances are Smart DNS Proxy will unlock it. I'm sure they'd offer 
streaming content from other planets and even other realities if they could. But of course, interdimensional cable that shows channels from every possible reality is only available via a special device invented by Dr. Rick Sanchez. And perhaps if you buy him some grain alcohol and help him forget about his past, maybe he'll hook you up with one of those devices for your cable box. Until then, visit cuencabussherpa.com slash smartdns and sign up for two weeks totally free. If your system doesn't work with their service for some reason, you're under no obligation to continue. But if it does work, then you get a lifetime discount if you sign up at the end of the two weeks. Right now, you can get two years of Smart DNS proxy service for only about $1.50 per month. That's like six bus rides per month, to put it in terms I understand. Use our portal, cuencabussherpa.com smartdns, that's one word, smartdns, S-M-A-R-T-D-N-S, cuencabussherpa.com smartdns. And remember, SmartDNS proxy works on any device. It's faster than VPN, and you can try it for free. Cuencabussherpa.com slash smartdns. Give them a try. All right. Welcome back to Cuenca Bus Sherpa podcast. I've got several tabs of news open on my screen right now. That is the 21st century equivalent of saying I have a stack of papers on my desk. You know, back when people still got their news in paper form. All my news today is coming from El Tiempo. If you see anything that you think should be covered on the podcast or on the website, please send it to cuencabussherpa at gmail.com. First up, sad news as an elderly Cuencano is struck and killed by the number 7 bus over on Avenida 12 de Octubre. Señor Carlos Alberto Cobos was run over by the 7 bus on Avenida 12 de Octubre, according to witnesses. Despite efforts by officials from the fire department who were on the scene very quickly, the 82-year-old man died due to severe head and bodily injuries sustained after being struck by the bus. Adding to the tragic scene, he had just spent the afternoon with family members at a nearby restaurant and they had just left the area and they had to be called back to the scene and were just heartbroken. The driver of the bus fled on foot before the authorities arrived. Andrea Vanegas, an agent from AMOV, said that they will be reviewing all the video captured by the traffic cameras in the area to establish what exactly happened and who is responsible. However, the owner of the bus has been contacted and he must provide the name of the driver or else he will be held responsible as though he were, he were driving the bus at the time. That is according to law. In other news, total of $15.5 million will be invested by the Inter-American Development Bank into Cuenca for six projects that are going to begin in 2017. The projects are a part of a larger recovery plan for 119 spaces that are planned over the next 15 years. The plan calls for the rehabilitation and transformation of Parque Marie Corile, El Parqueo Municipal de Calle Barrero, El Pasaje Pedro Taulu, La Escuela Ezequiel Crespo, El Colegio Febres Cordero, y, and El Centro Hermano Miguel. These sites will become La Casa del Arbor, Salan Ciudadano, La Red Social, Cuenca Hub, Escuela Ciudad, y El Centro Activo de Cuenca. The designs were developed with the support of the IDB and by 
Belinda Tato of Cuenca, who coordinated the workshops on behalf of the city, in which citizens were able to give their input into the projects. As I said, these projects are set to begin in 2017. So speaking of what's going on in 2017, on Friday, the mayor announced a new timetable of goals and a new completion date for the construction of the Tranvia. Appearing with the representatives of the contractors doing the work, the mayor has designated May 15th, 2017 as the day when the Tranvia will begin regular service. Mayor Cabrera hopes that the public announcement and pledge by the contractors will help guarantee their compliance to the new schedule of deadlines. Teresa Bermeo, a member of the Tranvia Oversight Committee, has promised to publicize any delays to the promised schedule when that, when that happens. So according to the new schedule, I'm going to go over this, get your calendars out, because I'm going to go over all these, cha- all these this new schedule here, so you can write it on your calendar and you'll be ready for it. According to the new schedule, Grand Colombia between Las Americas and Huayna Capac will be completed in its entirety by November 21st of this year. Next, the workshop depot and the administrative building are to be completed by December 3rd. That's over there off of uh, Avenida Mexico. After that, they want to have all the work in El Centro completed by December 31st, with the exception of Mariana Cuevo and the Gaspar Sangarima there at the Plaza Mercado de uh, Nueve de Octubre. The deadline for that area, and that includes that part of Lamar, Mariscal Lamar that's right there, that's a week later on January 8th, 2017. Continuing on into 2017, Las Americas, including the bridges over the rios Tombabamba and Yonuncay, is all to be finished by January 24th. Actually, the bridges are to be are set to be completed. First, the Yonuncay should be completed by this July, and the Tombabamba bridge should be done by November 4th. Rounding out the construction schedule is Avenida España, although they should have the new bridge over the gorge of the uh, Milchichig done by November. So from Chola Cuencana all the way to the Puente Fabian Alacón is to be completed by March 11th. Principal construction done. April 12th has been designated as the start of the test runs for the entire route without passengers. Even though these tests are not going to be carrying passengers, they do want to be able to give special rides to local dignitaries and authorities during the city's founding celebrations of Doce de Abril. We'll see how that goes, right? After a full month of empty runs, they want to be finished by with the tests by May 13th and then have the formal debut of the Tranvia de los Cuatro Rios on May 15th, 2017. Shall we start a betting pool at cuencabussherpa.com? Let me know what you think, and I will act accordingly. Even though this is not part of the Tranvia construction, the expansion project of Ordonez Lasso is scheduled to also wrap up in October of this year. The Secretary of Public Works, Mr. Guillermo Argulo, said that the work is moving at a good pace, and he sees no potential problems that would delay the work from being finished within four months. He added that several sections are passable now, and several more will be before the October deadline, which will ease the congestion and the problems getting through all that area. Of course, the crews are also working to pave Camino del Tejar, one block above Ordenes Lasso. 
So they've opened Cesar Andrade and De Los Cerezos so that to divert traffic back and forth off of those two roads. It's crazy when you actually go through there. I'll cover a little bit of that uh, when it comes to the changes later on in the podcast. There is also a 1.3-kilometer stretch of Avenida Primero de Mayo between Carmen, between Carmen Malo and the Puente Mesicata that is being paved, and that's causing detours on that side of town. That's a light right along the Yanuncay on the on the outside outside of Las Americas. However, no buses are being affected by the Primero de Mayo work the way the Ordones Lasso and Tejar projects are detouring the 3, the 8, the 13, the 50, and the 201. More about those detours coming up later on in the podcast. All right, that's all the news I've got. Uh, so that wraps up the news section. For links to all those stories, check out the description or check out cuencabussherpa.com. Man, woman, and now trunk men. We know science has created men that have a trunk that allows them to have sex with both male and female partners. But we don't like the idea of these people getting married. Put a line in the sand, everybody. People, vote no on Proposition XW2. The act that says gay, uh, Trump people could get married. Who needs it? Not on my watch. Paid for by Michael Denny's and the Denny Singers. Hi, I'm a trunk person, and I want, I, I feel love in my heart too, just like you. I want to be able to express that love with both a man and a woman. And I won't be able to if Denny and the Denny singers get their way. Hey, let the trunk people have sex and get married, huh? Paid for by trunk people. Welcome back to the Cuenca Bus Sherpa podcast. For this week's feature, I wanted to share an article I found about Cuenca's public bus system before the one we currently have was instituted and put in place. The article is from the Institute for Transport and Development Policies newsletter, Sustainable Transport, number 12, which was published in the fall of 2001. The Institute for Transportation and Development Policy works around the world to design and implement high-quality transport systems and policy solutions that make cities more livable, equitable, and sustainable. That, of course, is from their website. The ITDP is a global nonprofit at the forefront of innovation, providing technical expertise to accelerate the growth of sustainable transport and urban development around the world. Through their transport projects, policy advocacy, and research publications, they work to reduce carbon emissions, enhance social inclusion, and improve the quality of life for people in cities. You can read all about their work and their history at IDT. No, itdp.org. One of the things I thought was pretty cool personally about them goes all the way back to their founding in 1985 when they were just when they were an umbrella organization for several worldwide peace and development initiatives and advocacy efforts. So their largest campaign back in that time was called Bikes Not Bombs. They sent bicycles to health and education efforts in Nicaragua. Their first shipment of several hundred bikes arrived in Nicaragua during the war with the Contras in the mid-80s. I thought that was pretty cool, and so they've come a long way since then. So let's see what Lloyd Wright had to say about Cuenca back in 2001 in his essay entitled, Cuenca, Ecuador, Secondary City, Primary. He writes, Blanquita Soria, an Ecuadorian domestic worker, awakes well before dawn to prepare for a several-hour commute. It begins with a two-kilometer walk to the nearest bus stop, 
where she waits in line to board an overcrowded, informal bus that takes her only on the next frustrating leg of her long journey. Last year, at this very bus stop, her seven-year-old son, Fausto Alejandro, was killed when a private bus operator, eagerly rushing to complete as many daily trips as possible, jumped the curb while making an abrupt U-turn. The bus operator paid a mere $350 and was back operating his bus in a matter of days. Stories like these have led to efforts now underway to end the chaos on Ecuador's urban streets. Cuenca's Alternative Finally, the dramatic improvements of bus service in nearby Quito and Bogota are starting to ripple across the region, even to smaller and less affluent locales. While clearly a work in progress, Cuenca, Ecuador has taken key first steps. Cuenca has already developed bus rapid transit plans, formalized its previously unregulated bus operators, removed many of its oldest buses from service, implemented an innovative parking scheme, and upgraded pedestrian services. Nestled in the Andes Mountains, Cuenca, Ecuador is an important tourist destination mainly because of its colonial-era historical center, a UNESCO World Heritage Site. An unregulated transit system combined with escalating motor vehicle use brought congestion to its historical core. The narrow colonial streets entrapped and concentrated pollutants. Recently installed monitoring equipment shows particulate and noise levels well above World Health Organization guidelines. Traffic is responsible for 85% of this pollution. This growing daily bombardment is undermining Cuenca's status as a premier tourist destination. In partnership with the Inter-American Development Bank, Cuenca's dynamic mayor, Fernando Cordero, has created an alternative vision. The Cuenca Plan for Sustainable Transport and Transit, using the Coretiba system as a model, the Cuenca system will feature 24 kilometers of principal trunk lines and approximately 100 kilometers of feeder routes. Over 11 kilometers of the inner city trunk lines will operate on segregated busways to improve travel times. Several terminal stations will provide integrated transfers between the trunk and feeder lines, as well as access to regional and long-distance bus services. The Cuenca system will also include other innovations such as automated fare collection and improved shelter and station design. The Two-Phase Plan For too long, public transport in Ecuadorian cities was characterized by uncomfortable, unsafe, and unregulated services provided by private operators who suffer under poor economics of their trade. With multiple operators on the same route, operators drive aggressively to beat the competition for passengers. This practice, along with 12 to 16 hour working days for many drivers, creates an array of safety and security problems. Cuenca's aging bus fleet is a major source of air pollution. The average age, wow, this is amazing. The average bus age is 18 years. Remember, this is back in 2001. And 150 of the fleet of 650 private buses are more than 20 years old. The new transport plans calls for 110 of the oldest units to immediately be retired, while the other units will be gradually phased out. 
At present, the buses are envisioned to be of low floor design with three wide doorways for rapid boarding and alighting. Overall, the system will reduce the number of buses and vehicles and kilometers traveled, while the coverage and access for passengers will actually increase. The plan will be implemented in two phases, with the entire system to be completed by 2008. Formalization without confrontation. To focus the plan's management and oversight, the municipality has created the Municipal Transit and Transport Unit, or the Unidad Municipal de Transito y Transporte Terrestre, UMT, which is managed by former advisor to the Quito trolleybus system, Rodrigo Torres. While the UMT will maintain overall quality control on the system, the private sector will actually be awarded operational responsibilities through competitive concessions. Transforming Latin America's unregulated private bus operations into a rational and formal system has not been an easy road. In Bogota and nearby Quito, the development of bus rapid transit systems stirred opposition from some existing transit operators. These existing bus owners and drivers viewed the new integrated bus system as a serious threat to their continued economic viability and near-monopolistic control of transport options. While cities eventually overcame such opposition, the resulting protests and violence did predicate the use of military and police officials to restore calm. Benefiting from knowledge of the experiences of Bogota and Quito, Cuenca has sought to retire buses and rationalize bus lines without substantially affecting employment and personal livelihoods. By using a highly participative decision-making process and phased implementation, Cuenca has not only avoided confrontation, but has also gained the confidence of the private sector. Already, the private sector operators have enjoyed financial benefit from the formal distribution of routes and control of tariff rates. During the first year of the plan's implementation, the sector's total revenues increased a remarkable 80%, from $15 million to more than $27 million. The formalized system will also help to reduce excessive working hours and overall work conditions for the drivers. Bus Transit Economics Financing is currently the principal obstacle to full implementation. The total public investment, mainly for the initial infrastructure, will be $10 million in Phase 1 and another $5 million in Phase 2. The private sector will be investing an additional $50 million, primarily in the form of new buses. While not trivial for a secondary, developing nation city, this bus rapid transit system costs a fraction of other traffic solutions, whether auto or rail-based. The municipality has sought out strategic alliances with multilateral and bilateral institutions and is showing that such partnerships are not the exclusive domain of larger cities. The Inter-American Development Bank, the IDB, is assisting the municipality develop a financing plan which already includes the support of a local commercial bank and the municipality's own tax base. An integrated package. The new bus system is only part of Cuenca's story. The fully integrated plan also includes innovative approaches to parking control, pedestrian access, and bicycle infrastructure. 
With narrow roadways dating back to colonial designs, private automobiles can quickly overwhelm road capacity even at relatively low ownership levels. Cuenca's design team realized that the existing uncontrolled parking in the city center was not only a deterrent to the city's burgeoning international image, but such conditions would also impede free flow of public transit. Thus, the city embarked upon two firsts for Ecuador. One, strict parking control, and two, privatization of parking services. Formal payment stations serving over 1,500 parking spaces have been installed and managed by a private sector firm that competed for a concession of approximately $1 million. The formalization of parking, which includes the brisk booting of violators, has dramatically helped to reduce traffic congestion and conflict. The diminished presence of autos in the historical core has been matched by an upsurge in pedestrian-friendly designs. The calming of traffic, installing of traffic signals, and widening and beautifying of sidewalks, and formalizing of sidewalk vendors has made strolling in the city center more pleasurable and time-efficient experience. The city's geographical center, the Tomabamba River, provides a natural corridor for both pedestrians and cyclists along its banks. Extensive cycleways are being constructed along the Tomabamba and Tarki rivers. The cycleways will form an integrated network that will connect the residential and commercial centers, as well as the formal bus system. Cycle parking facilities will be available at bus stations. Already, many members of the Cuenca police force have converted to making their rounds with bicycles. Sizing it up. As a smaller city in the developing world, Cuenca is making an important test case. Innovations in the design of urban bus systems are not limited to the wealthiest or largest cities. With Cuenca as a successful base, the IDB is now leading initiatives in other secondary and smaller cities in Ecuador, as well as the state of Parana in Brazil. Bus rapid transit initiatives may well be the preferred economic choice, even for cities of 100,000. The trend started in Curitiba and then adapted in Quito, Bogota, and now Cuenca shows remarkable similarities. In each case, a dynamic mayor in tandem with a skilled technical team has overcome institutional and political barriers to create excellence in transit design and implementation. The thrifty economics of bus rapid transit in conjunction with a strong political will is proving to be a successful combination in Latin America and beyond. That was Cuenca, Ecuador, Secondary City, Primary by Lloyd Wright, published in the fall of 2001 in Sustainable Transport, number 12, the newsletter of the Institute for Transportation and Developmental Policies. You can learn more about them at itdp.org. So wasn't that interesting? How far have we come in the last 15 years since that was published? I thought it was pretty funny the way it talked about uh, El Centro reducing all the uh, the bus system, reducing all the car traffic in El Centro and widening sidewalks and this and that in El Centro. That doesn't really seem to have happened. There's still parking. I've never seen a boot. I've never seen a car with a boot on it in El Centro, I have to say. But they, I did, but I must say, you know, there are a lot of the uh, the agents, the little parking agents, the transito agents that walk around and give tickets. And so there is a lot of parking control in El Centro. 
You notice there was no mention at all in 2001 about the uh, Tranvia. So that was all about the buses and how great they were compared to the old system. It's pretty interesting. So check out the website, cuencabussherpa.com. That's where I'll post the article in full, along with the rest of the information from the news. So I have a couple other notes about that. Oh, so, you know, all the boat blue buses we have now, that's what they're talking about replacing the old fleet with new buses that are the blue buses now. So when you think about it, that's all been within the last 15 years. They've had pollution-free or at least low-polluting buses since the year 2000. But, you know, when you think about it, they may have been low-polluting buses, the blue buses I'm talking about here in town, they may have been low-polluting when they were new. But the parts and, you know, the whatever, et cetera, underneath the engine, in the engine, those parts would not be as readily accessible when those buses broke down. So something would go wrong, they'd take that bus out of service, they'd put pressure on all the others. In order to get that service, that bus back into service, either they wait several weeks for the parts to be shipped from somewhere else, or they do what they can. Basically, that could, any equipment that wouldn't be, couldn't be fixed or easily replaced would be pulled out. And the diesel engines and parts that could be attained easily locally would be installed. So that's what I think what happened to a lot of these buses. You know, some of them are in a lot worse shape than others, and they seem to be in a lot worse shape than what a bus should be after 15 years. But you think about it, something broke down 10 years ago, seven years ago, they couldn't fix it. They just fixed it with what they could. That said, now we're in that place again. We need a new bus fleet. So get in touch with us if you've been living in Cuenca long enough to remember what the, before the blue buses. I'd love to hear some stories if you tell us what it was like. Um, tell us what it was like when the blue buses were new. You know, that kind of thing. Anyway, let's take a quick break. And when I come back, I'm going to run quickly over the short list I have of changes going into effect the week of June 14th. Stand by. Two brothers in a van. And then a meteor hit, and they ran as fast as they could from giant cat monsters. And then a giant tornado came, and that's when things got knocked into 12 gears. A Mexican armada shows up with weapons made from tomatoes. And you better bet your bottom dollar that these two brothers know how to handle business in alien invasion tomato monster mexican armada brothers who are just regular brothers running in a van from an asteroid and all sorts of things the movie hold on there's more old women are coming and they're also in the movie and they're gonna come and cross attack these two brothers but let's get back to the brothers because they're they have a strong bond You don't want to know about it here, but I'll tell you one thing. The moon, it comes crashing into Earth, and what do you do then? It's two brothers, and and they're gonna, it's called Two Brothers. Two Brothers. It's just called Two Brothers. Welcome back. This week's changes have all been posted already to the latest news section of CuencaBusSherpa.com. I'm gonna quickly go over this, and then we're gonna wrap this thing up so you can uh, get back to your regular life. Uh, so due to the widening project on Ordnez Lasso and the paving of Camino del Tejar that I mentioned earlier, the city has announced a change to the 
buses 13 and 50, those routes on the west side outside of Las Americas. The 13 going to Tejar, not the 13 going to Mal del Rio. I've talked about this. I've tried to make it clear in the Atlas. There are two 13s. Every, most of the buses seem to, most of the 13s go to Mal del Rio, but one or two per hour have a big sign and it says Tejar. They go out Ordenes Lasso and all the way up to, well, basically up to the corral up in Rakar. So going outbound, the 13 going towards Tejar, instead of uh, taking Urendad Nacional all the way down to Remigio Crespo, and then back up Las Americas to the Redondel between Gran Colombia and Ordenes Lasso, it's now going to be turning right off of Unidad Nacional onto Calle del Batan. That's the same road that the 19 takes. It's going to cross Las Americas where Del Batan turns into General Escandon. Continues out Escandon to Daniel Munoz where it'll turn right towards the river. Then it'll turn left along the river on a street called Victor Manuel Albornoz to get to the bridge to cross Rio Tomabamba and then cross over Ordenes Lasso on Avenida de los Soresos. The 50 outbound is taking the same route as the 13, going out Del Patan to General Escandon, etc. But the city has issued a change to the return trip for the 50, and I didn't, like I said, I didn't get one for the 13, so I can't say if they're going to be the same. I, I don't know what they're going to do with the 13. On the inbound trip of the 50, though, they have it turning off of Ordonez Lasso at Las Rezos, crossing the bridge to get back to Victor Manuel Albornoz, but from there it goes along the river all the way to Richard Darquea to get back to its regular route on Las Americas. They'll be going southbound on Las Americas to get back to Remigio Crespo and then cut back over to its regular route. There's a good chance that that might be the same for the 13, but like I said, I didn't get anything about that change. The 13 inbound may go ahead and continue up Tejar all the way over to get down to Ordinas Lasso where it is now for the time being. Of course, there are those host, that host of changes that hit the buses in El Centro about two weeks ago. I've covered all of those in the past two podcasts. So if you haven't heard them, if you don't know about it, get out your atlases, go back and listen to number three and four, make all those notes. Speaking of all those changes, I've almost finished all the new PDFs for the members on CuencaBusSherpa.com. Members to CuencaBusSherpa.com have access to each of the individual PDF maps that are used in the atlas, and they have the privilege to print those and add them to their atlas and keep it up to date. If you would like to be a member of CuencaBusSherpa.com and be, have access to all the updates as I make them, visit our store, CuencaBusSherpa.com. For the rest of the month, we are offering hard copies of the atlas at 50% off because they don't have the most recent changes that hit El Centro about three weeks ago. While there are several routes that have changed, the Atlas still provides the most comprehensive maps with the bus route information that are available in Cuenca currently. All of the routes in the Atlas, that's about 28 routes, are from end to end and include all the names and GPS locations for each stop. Thanks for listening to the Cuenca Bus Sherpa podcast. Please send any information or changes you'd like me to cover on the website or on the podcast to cuencabussherpa at gmail.com. That's about all I've got this week. We'll see you on the bus.